0: You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNB Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Whoa. Today on the show we have Drew Stuerman, founder and CEO of Halo Potato Donuts, baby, an independently owned and operated donut food truck in Gainesville, Florida. What's up, man?
1: What's going on? Good morning, Gainesville.
0: (laughs) I'm super excited that you're here. Um, Mm. I actually remember when we first started doing the podcast, you had kind of reached out to us early on, and I was like, man, this is gonna be awesome. Yeah. But I said, I want I want more time. I want to hear like what happens. Yeah, let, let's after. hold like, off like, until hold he off. struggles
1: for several and several months. Get out
0: there and <laughs> struggle, yeah. <laughs> struggles for Yeah, let's <laughs> let's get through some of that grind of yep. the startup life, and then let's have him in here and let's talk about some of these things. Yeah, so I'm absolutely. excited to get yeah, I'm into super it. Super excited too. But before we do that, I want to introduce my good friend and guest co-host today, Joe Lowry Jr., managing partner of Lowry Financial Advisors and the immediate Passport chair of Junior Achievement. Mm-hmm of Alachua County. What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> it's good, good to be here. I'm excited to have yeah. you here. That's like, I did really good on those mouthfuls. Pop- you did great. Did you guys see that? Really, that really was good. a long, long no, That sentence. was a long, yeah. That's, yeah. I, and I'm not gonna lie, I practiced those ones right before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure I could read my own chicken scratch here on my paper. So, well, welcome to the show, man. Thanks thanks for Happy representing Beater. Junior Achievement. Yeah. Um, why don't you explain to Gainesville and everybody else what Junior Achievement is and what they do and maybe some of the cool things they have going on in 2019.
2: Yeah, sure thing. So, um, Junior Achievement's primary focus is to provide financial literacy to kids from kindergarten to, to 12th grade. So, I've been a volunteer for a little bit more than 12 years, I was on the board for probably about 10. I became involved initially uh, because a young woman who I actually knew when she was a kid, uh, she was uh, kind of a featured student for JA. And so she spoke about how a junior achievement had helped her and her mother really build and structure their home cleaning business, which was their primary source of income. And, and I hadn't seen her for years. And to see that there was a program that was helping young people and their families you know, improve their lives uh, was really powerful to me and I wanted to get involved. So I volunteered and and have since done other things. Um, This concept of financial literacy is something that's not really getting taught any other way. Um, There are some efforts, I think, to to make it a mandatory part of some curriculum, but as of now, it just doesn't exist. And uh, I'm very fortunate. Um, My father's a financial advisor. I grew up around the business. I joined the business, and so financial literacy is very comfortable to me. It's something I was really aware of and close to, but but for a lot of people it's not. And so um, we reach about 6,000 students in the county every year. Um, We have a really ambitious goal moving forward though, and that's to bring a specific program to all fifth graders in Alachua County each and every year. And it's something called JA BizTown. BizTown is like a little city. It's an opportunity for fifth graders to uh, play a role. Um, there's a mayor. Uh, you know, Every business has a manager or a CEO. There's employees and uh, there's uh, some preparation that takes place. But then ultimately, there's this capstone experience where they go to BizTown. They play all these roles. I love that it's fifth grade because that's an age where I, I can't remember a lot of third grade or second grade mm-hmm. or certainly not kindergarten. But fifth grade, maybe because it's the end of elementary school or there's other cool stuff going on. But fifth grade is a memorable time. And I think that's a great Period for kids to have this experience, and for me, I think one of the great things that JA teaches is self knowledge. We want kids to understand a little bit more about themselves and who they are, and what they like and what they don't like, and what they're good at. And I think um, that you know that's really one of the great things that JA does, and that's a big reason why I continue to be involved. So um, our goal is to have this up and running by spring of 2020. It's going to be hosted by the Cade Museum. It's um, the there are several. Large biz towns in existence. Uh, there's one in Tampa, but it's just not feasible to take all these kids down there. The resources just aren't there to you know bust them down and do all that. So we're working to raise money to build a uh, a mobile biz town, which we'll share with a couple of other JA chapters. Well, like uh, in a
0: food truck type setting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's I a financial yeah financial
2: literacy food truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so there is a food component. Um, you, the kids eat lunch and the you know, yeah, kids, kids out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but. Um, yeah, so uh, right now we're, we're trying to find businesses that wanna occupy storefronts. Um, you know, we're being sponsored, primary sponsor is uh, Campus USA Credit Union, which is very generous to Junior Achievement. And of course, the Cade making the space available is tremendous. And so, uh, you know, if anyone wants to get involved, wants to uh, explore having their business get involved, there's a lot of different uh, opportunities to, to do that, and uh, which is great recognition for the what businesses is, as What well. does
0: that look like? Is that purely sponsorship, or is yeah, it?
2: It's, uh, so, let I, I me, mean, Check my notes. Yeah, for uh, five thousand dollars a year for five years, your business will be uh, a named part of BizTown. So when kids show up, they will work at New Scooters for Less at BizTown. Uh, will and they be selling scooters. Yeah, really, it could be whatever you want. So uh, let's say you, you know, instead you wanted to be the, you know, a radio company, you could do, um, you know, repaint the wall, radio, or uh, Halo Potato Donuts. Yeah. Um, you know, could you know, branch into lunch. Start them out, yeah. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) there you go. So, um, you know, uh, we're entrepreneurial people and so uh, if someone wants to get involved, we can find a way to to make that work.
0: Now, from the financial literacy part, I mean, is that really, you know, I mean, is it in like their personal lives and then with BizTown, is it really in the business part of their life, like is it really to t- kind of teach them? I mean, I'll be honest, yeah. like even in college, I didn't even learn anything about QuickBooks or anything. <laughs> I'm still, I'm
1: like, right? still going and getting, and seeking advice from people I mean, because that is
2: was not taught at all. Right, yeah. like, business owners yeah. are even trying yeah. to like yeah. learn this yeah. stuff, so yeah. I mean to some of the learn high it at Yeah, some of the high school programs do look a little bit more at the business side of things, okay. so uh, there's a great program called the company program where kids over a 12 week or 13 week period will identify a product or a service, they raise capital to produce that, um, they sell it, and then they liquidate the company. And the, all the members are shareholders, and so they're involved in the financial management, the accounting, the human resources, the marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, eighth, you know, eighth grade and lower, including BizTown, is gonna be a little more of a personal focus. So the kids get paid, they go to the bank, they make deposits, they have to write a check, they have a little card to so their lunch, they pay for their lunch. Uh, and so that's, they are in a, a kind of a professional role and a learning role, but they're also um, understanding how they have to manage their own affairs over, you know, a course of a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some, like I said, some preparatory stuff before that. So uh, a lot of it is, is you know, helping kids be ready to, you know, enter the workforce or at least have some of the framework mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it's, so much of this is repetition. You'll have it, and I hope that it's, it's kind of lodged there in the back of the brain. And when the opportunity comes up, at least a kid would say, hey, I. I'm not afraid of this, you know. I I know there are people who know this stuff who can help me. There's that J JA volunteer or someone who is a nice person who came and spent seven weeks or one day or whatever it is. There's a lot of different volunteer options. Um, and what I love, the reason I volunteer in the high school level is I like getting to know the kids. I'm in there once a week for 12 weeks, and I never finish a program without feeling better about society. You know, mm-hmm. there's a tendency to look at the younger generation and be critical. Um, you can't spend time with kids today and not say, oh, you know, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. They they do things differently than I did, and especially as I get older, and I'm more than twice their age now, and all my jokes are like dumb dad jokes. You know? <laughs> if they're not my pop culture references are, uh-huh. you know, not not what they're used to, but but they're still pretty you know, tolerant of me.
0: So do you guys need, uh, do you have a need for volunteers as well? Yeah, or? I always have a need for volunteers,
2: okay. especially people who can devote maybe an, you know, an hour a week for a you know, seven to 12 week period, depending on what it is. Um, you know, we are doing our best to expand into, uh, you know, there's some schools where we've, we've been for a long time, Beholds has been very accepting of us, they have some programs that are really good fit, but we're doing more at GHS and more at Eastside. And I'd say that high school level is really, from a volunteer standpoint, where, where the greatest need is. Uh, a middle school and elementary school, those are a lot of one day programs. And so you can go in there and spend three or four hours and, and it's nice if you don't have that ability time wise. And we have great support from UF and actually from a group of kids at Buchholz that have they recruited by themselves, I think they saw four or 5,000 kids this year. Wow. Um, which is a, you know, one thing we, you know, we want to be with, the, the thing I love is connecting volunteers with students. That's, that's the core of it. And we raise money. To fund these programs, but um, my passion is for being in the classroom, and you know BizTown is kind of a beautiful way to combine, um, you know, a, a business sponsorship angle, you know, spending time with children, helping them learn a little bit more about literacy and also about themselves. Uh, at the end of this high school program, I always tell the kids, I don't care if you, well, I, I mean, you know how it is. I've, there's 30 kids in there. There's about the 80 20 rule applies. Mm. There's about 6 to 8 that are going to be really involved. And I, you know, and there's a group of them they're going to hate it. And I said that's fine. You can hate it. If you discover I don't like working, I don't like being in charge. I don't ever want to start a business. That's not a failure. You know, that's uh, not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur. And so I want them to learn a little bit more about themselves so that when they get to college or you know, later levels they're saying, "Okay, I remember that experience I had. I know enough about myself that I'm going to make better choices mm-hmm. and and you know, hopefully be happier and you know, when the time comes you're ready for that." Beautiful, delicious food truck. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well,
0: that's great, man. So why don't you tell everybody where they can, you know, get involved? Like yeah. find Junior Achievement. Where's the best place?
2: Yeah. So um, we have uh, presence on Facebook, Junior Achievement of Alachua County. There's a Twitter, uh, which I think is J Alachua. Um, we have, uh, you know, two employees that work in this area that are their their job is 100% Junior Achievement. Kristen Schreiner. Um, who can be reached uh, 352-727-0178. She's our uh, executive director for the area and uh, Jessica Blagden who coordinates all the educational programs. Um, So yeah, just- uh, Was that her cell phone? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I think it was but she gave it to she gave it to me on purpose. Okay. So she said you can give this number you can blast out. Yeah. out uh, to everyone. She is yeah. she's super and uh and does a wonderful job of connecting people with opportunities to participate. Awesome. Yeah, well man, so thanks cool. for being here. Thanks, thanks for re- representing
0: yeah. Junior Achievement and um are you ready to sure. interview Drew with Let's some questions and share. stuff? Sure. We're gonna Have a good time. Let's do it. Man, are, are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, dude, I really appreciate you bringing in breakfast this morning. You got us. <laughs> Just hey, take one like bite. Food, the food guests are really yet. learning. The food guests are really learning about bringing the food <laughs> in the morning, especially when it's like 8 a.m. right now. And yeah. it's breakfast. See, I already and finished mine. I, and I've had these before. I'm not gonna like. I'm, this is not my first time having a little <laughs> so, donut, Let's just be very clear. It's an OG. Basically, these things are awesome. So thank. I'm gonna. I'm gonna eat it while you tell your origins story. Okay. Sounds thank good. Thank you for bringing breakfast. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, so that's the, that's what we like to start with, right? Okay. We like to kind of go back, do like. I'm, you know, did you just have a passion for donuts your entire life and you're like, yes, Donut Food Truck, let's do this. Like, I just wanna know that origin story and and uh, yeah, man, take us back. Awesome. So I was um, born and raised in Dayton, Ohio.
1: Um, spent 18 years of my life there and I don't know if you guys know anything about um, Ohio but it's actually really famous for the local mom and pop donut shops. Uh, every year in the top 10, there's one or two or even three um, in the neighboring cities that I, that I grew up in that are always highly rated. And it's, it's, they're doing it the old school way, hand cut, made from scratch daily. And so I had grown up with that. So my, uh, backing up a little bit, my parents are from Florida, Clearwater area, and my dad went to UF, my mom came here, they had, uh, they had my older brother, and um, then raised me in Gainesville, and then moved up north and uh, so I had been raised a Gator fan my entire life and when it was time to decide like where I was gonna go to school, it was uh, all right, you know, stay in uh, cloudy, cold Ohio or you know, move down to Gainesville and so uh, five and a half years ago I moved down to Gainesville and you know, my grades weren't good enough out of state to get into UF, I mean, it's just so difficult so I went the Santa Fe route Transferred to UF, but throughout that entire time, I was never really someone that like buckled down on the books and like just focused on that. I was always trying to come up with different ideas, different opportunities. And what um, years were you in school? This was 20, oh God, 2013, and I graduated in May of last year.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And um, thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, during that time I had like explored all these different opportunities. I wanted to do barbecue, I wanted to make a rugby website because I played rugby for nine years, just a little bit of everything, but nothing ever stuck. A stuck for more than two or three months. But then, um, I kinda had a come to Jesus moment about Two semesters before I was graduating, and I realized, oh crap, these student loans are going to be coming due, and I need to figure out like (laughs) what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do. And um, I knew for a fact I did not want to sit behind a computer all day. Like I'm just too antsy. I've got to be talking to people on the go constantly. And um, and so, but at that point, have you decided that you're going to be an entrepreneur, or you're like I think I had I think I had it in me, but Have like forcing myself to pay back student loans and get a job kind of like forced me to really buckle down and figure out what I was going to do.
0: So it was a, uh, but was like going and working for somebody else like even at top of my like that as a possibility? No, no.
1: when everyone else was going to like career day, I was going and you're like driving around Gainesville hanging out. (laughs) Like I just did not see myself in that setting. And um, and so it was August 2017. Um, I had just gotten back from Ohio, and I had had a bunch of really good donuts up there. And I came back down, and it was about a week later, and I and I was craving donuts again. And I realized, you know, not not to harp on the options in town, but they just weren't at the level that I was used to in in Ohio. And, um, and so I realized that there was a donut problem and I need to solve it. And so uh, <laughs> literally the next day I went to Walmart, bought a fryer, bought a mixer, came home, and started YouTubing recipes and just getting stuff offline. I did cake donuts, yeast donuts, not even potato donuts at the time. So I had, uh, in my college apartment with my two roommates, I had been practicing for several months and they were just still not up to the level that I, was, that I wanted. And so uh, one day in fall 2017, I um, was like down in the dumps, like just trying to figure out, okay, how do I make this like a good donut? So I Googled top 10 donut shops and for 2016, the number one place was this place called The Holy Donut in Portland, Maine. Never been there, but I clicked on their website. And their entire thing was this potato donut, and I was like, "What the heck?" And I was reading their thousands of reviews, and so I started grabbing recipes offline, um, and I started practicing it. And you know, they were they were all right, but not not where they are today. And so fast forward to December 2017, my parents were like, "Hey, why don't you come up for winter break to Ohio?" So I literally loaded up all my donut gear and a bunch of bins, and got my dog, and we drove up to Ohio. And over winter break, I. Um, was practicing making these donuts in their kitchen, and my parents were trying them. And they're like, ah, I just don't know. Like, it's just not. They're they're pretty crappy, and uh, and so I was again down in the dumps. Like, oh my gosh, am I ever gonna like perfect this? And so I sat around um, the house, and it was it was snowing, and I was like, I need to get advice on this. So I actually found Lee Kellis, who owns the Holy Donut, on Twitter. She'd been inactive for a while, but I decided, hey, I'm gonna shoot her a DM and uh, see if she'll, she'll get back to me. And so, um, late December, send her in a DM. About a week later, I got a response, and it was her email. Well, and, who uh, is this? Her name's Lee Kellis. She's the um, owner, founder of the, the Holy Donut. Made? Yeah, okay, okay. yeah. And, um, She's basically the queen of potato donuts. She's <laughs> she's the godfather, and um, so I reached out to her and I said, "Hey, you know, college guy down in Gainesville, Florida, want to start a donut company? Really interested in these potato donuts." And so she got back to me and started helping me out. What type of equipment to get? Recipes, all that different stuff. And so then she she was kind enough to share the recipe that she based hers off of.
0: What? Yeah,
1: and um, and it's been around for over 100 years and I started practicing and got really good at it. So, February comes around and, uh, oh, during this time, I had entered the UF Big Idea competition because I wanted to force myself to write a business plan. And so, literally every single night, <laughs> instead of focusing on like my actual classes, I would be focusing on writing this 50-page plan. While this is all going on, um, I'm trying to search for like funding. And so it was February, I decided I was gonna start selling donuts out of my apartment last year. And uh, I started selling to the rugby players late at night, started delivering to their house. Um, Started selling to my apartment complex, Cottage Grove. and it really took off, and I made social media. And all these um, sorority girls had like follow, like started following the account and started placing deliveries. And so on my Friday and Saturday nights, me and my girlfriend would hop in the car and have this list, all these addresses, and go deliver them and get feedback. And uh, so February, I'm, I'm delivering. March comes, and I'm still not sure how I'm gonna fund this thing. I'm like, I don't have any money. I'm broke. Paid out of state for five years, <laughs> and. Uh, And so I was just like, I didn't wanna force anything, but I knew that something was gonna happen. So uh, March, I'm just continuing to make donuts, perfect it. April comes, and I'm like, okay, I've got a month until I graduate. Like, What's gonna happen? So uh, I'm continuing to do the UF Big Idea competition. I placed eighth out of 200 teams, which was the highest a food team has ever gotten on there, um, which I felt pretty proud of, but I still was like, okay, really, how am I gonna do this? So graduation comes, I still don't have any funding for the business, and then something really interesting happens. My girlfriend goes, hey, I need you to come to a uh, baby shower with me. And it was like a Saturday, and I'm like, this sounds horrible, like this <laughs> Like this is like the last thing that I wanna do on my Saturday. But she eventually dragged me there, and I uh, go to the baby shower, and they're unwrapping gifts. And I say hey, I'm gonna step off, go get a drink. And so there was a really tall gentleman that said stop me, because I was wearing a Gator polo. And uh, we started talking about Gator baseball. And he goes, so, so you're graduating soon? And I was like, yeah, I'm grad- I just graduated. And uh, he goes, well, so what are you gonna do? And I was like, well, I've been working on this potato donut idea. And he was like, fascinated. Gave me, he, he told me his name, he told me he was a financial manager at UF in the journalism department. That's all I knew. And so the next day, that was, um, that was the weekend. On Monday, I knew that he was gonna go back to work. And I knew his name and I was like, I'm gonna find this guy. So I, uh, and during that conversation at the baby shower, he said, have you ever thought about uh, doing the Gator Hatchery program at UF? And, uh, and I'm like, well, I just, grad, like I, I don't know if they're gonna accept me or anything. And so he's like, well, you should give it a try. And so the next day when I brought him, I brought a dozen donuts, I, gave, I walked in, Said, I'm looking for uh, so and so, gave him his half dozen. He was like, "Um, what are you doing with the other half dozen? I said, well, you (laughs) told me to go to take it to the Gator Hatchery, so I am. And so I went down there and I talked to Nola, who's the woman that runs the hatchery. And I said- Real quick,
0: real, real quick. For everybody who's listening, who might not know, can you explain what the Gator Hatchery yeah, is? Yeah, so the
1: Gator Hatchery is launch pad incubator for um, startup companies that are run by students <clears throat> at UF, alumni at UF, um, and it's just a really good support system for companies that wanna get up and get up and going. And so I took it to Nola and luckily she was in her office and I popped open the half dozen and I started telling <laughs> her my story. She's fascinated. And uh, the next day I got accepted into the program. And so um, the person that I delivered the donuts to, we had built a relationship and after about a month and a half, um, him, him and his wife had asked me to come over to their house because they were interested. So I presented my business plan and uh, they gave me the full funding I needed. So summer of last year. Do you mind year, telling us what you were seeking? Like how much? Uh, 75,000. Okay. Yeah, 75,000 and, uh, it got me the the whole truck, all the build out and enough to, to get going.
0: Do you mind me asking if you yeah. gave up equity? I did
1: give up equity, okay. um, yeah, 25%. Okay. Yeah, and there was three partners and they brought a lot to the table. Awesome. And so immediately we started, uh, we got money in the bank, bought a food truck um, from a guy in Tampa that started building it out all summer and then in August launched um, and, I don't know if you want me to continue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, August. So,
0: because this is, this is kind of where you and I first started engaging, right? Yeah. Because absolutely. I, when did I first meet you? Was it July when we were doing the thing? It here was July, like yeah. For yeah. New Scooters for Less. Yep. There was like an event going on, a mm-hmm. movie night or something. Was it movie night? No, it was. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was. It was movie night, yeah. Oh, um, that was, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, it that's was kind right. Kind of a
1: disaster. Yeah, it was raining. It, it was.
0: Everybody was outside. I show up, everybody's outside, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to storm so bad. And, and
1: it was a great day before then, before yeah. the rain. I mean, it was beautiful.
0: And I had to make that CEO call. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, if I move, if I make all these people move this thing inside, and it doesn't rain, I'm gonna feel like garbage. <laughs> Luckily, I made everybody move inside because I was like, "It's gonna rain, it's gonna rain." And boom, man, that storm—yeah, it was hit hard, bad. But we had, uh, you know, Duncan Cabino's uh, mm-hmm. big. Scream screen thing yeah. inside. It was cool. It was, yeah, it was, that was fun it night, was but awesome. I, I mean, I, it could, we could have we could have done better in terms of attendance, but it was just because yeah. of the weather. But, but that, so that's when I like. Yeah, first that, met that's you. when you first kind of heard about Halo, and
1: yeah, first time I'd ever actually met you in person. And um, so was this August of like,
2: last year. Or this is seven, July, or July. Of,
1: of last year. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is right before I was about to launch, before I even had the food mm-hmm. truck. Um, in hand yeah because that's
0: when uh, I remember talking to you and I'm like I'm like I you had told me that you were getting a food truck going and I was like all right like let's wait until (laughs) this food truck is going because I want to hear some of that stuff
1: yeah so um August came and I was getting up and running and it took it took several weeks to get all the inspections completed um you know just get used to the truck I mean I had never worked in that it's just a confined, like, confined yeah. environment. I had to know where to put everything. Um, and so I launched September 8th, 2018 um, for the football game. And it was just like, okay, let's just let's just do this. And we sat up, the city granted us a, a spot on 2nd Avenue over by the law school. And I sat up and you know, you're so high energy, like even just selling one donut, I was like pumped. Well, we sold out. We sold out within an hour of everything we brought. And I was like, "Okay, this is crazy. Let's come back next next game. Like, be even more prepared." So we came back next game again, sold out. After leaving that game, I was like, "Huh. I keep seeing all these food trucks in front of the stadium. I wonder maybe, you know, next year if I'll get like placed out there as, as a as a approved vendor." Do you know when they
0: started doing that? Because I can never remember it, when they actually started. It was the food it was
1: actually when. Um, when Scott's, they close the streets, or uh, yeah, Scott, yeah, yeah, when it's Scott right Strickland the, took over as the AD, he wanted to make that like a destination. Hmm. Like, yeah, close down university, and uh, kind of like Ole Miss does with the Grove, where right. it's like everyone goes <laughs> there before the game, and so I mean, yeah, I th- th- thought it was
0: awesome. It, it like, is like seeing them it's lined so up out there, cool.
1: right on University Avenue, is really cool. Yeah. And it's and it's very uh, they're very selective on on who they allow in there. So I was hoping. So how did you earn that sweet spot then? So I uh, I was actually driving down to Ocala and I get a phone call three days after that second game had, had happened and it was uh, the marketing director from UF um, Athletics. He said, hey, I've heard about your uh, your food truck and Kenny Eats Gainesville, you had done a write up and uh, we wanna get you out there. And I was like, holy crap, like when? Like next year? And he's like, no, 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 like this upcoming game. And I'm like, and oh can, my God. And
0: sorry, real quick, Ken Eats Gainesville is a food blog. Yeah, he's a town. food blogger, he's got
1: yeah. uh, like, 20,000 plus That's when I first followers. heard of you was was was, was his t- review. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And luckily, I mean, Ken can be <laughs> the blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, a blessing and a curse because it's like, you know, I've seen a lot of uh he harps on a lot of people, but like Well, that's why people value like his, his opinion, opinion cause it's because it's not all it, like, rosy. It's true. And, yeah, it's,
0: I mean, and it's he will it's, engage. Authentic, it's
1: authentic. To him. <laughs> yeah, he will engage and he will comment back to anyone yeah, that yeah. tries to um uh, I don't know. Defend his art. He would just defend his <laughs> argument. But uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to get a great review, and uh, then things really started blowing up with the with the football games and setting up on Main Street every day. I mean, it would like things were taking off. So I was selling out every single day for about two months, and I was just riding this high. Like just like I'm gonna sleep four hours a day. Like just get this done and grow grow the followers on social media and just really build this thing. And so things were going great. Uh, August, September, October, and then November came. November, I was riding this high and I we were probably about halfway through, so we were about like halfway through uh, November and it started getting real cold. And I don't know if you guys know anything about donuts, but they, uh, they're very temperamental, they're very sensitive and cold weather affects them Dramatically, they need they need hot air to rise. It's a chemical reaction, and so when that cold hit, and I was doing everything on the truck, I'd be going out there and it'd be like thirty-five degrees. So I have like four hoodies on, like just trying <laughs> to like get these things to like warm up, and nothing. And so um, I was I couldn't control the weather. We we didn't have the the option to move inside, and so I kind of just dealt with
0: it. There were some other warm days throughout November that Hold we were on, real able to real see. real quick. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, the person that you got this idea from mm-hmm. lives in Maine. Yes. <laughs>
2: but probably, yes. Doesn't, probably does
0: not bring the food truck, I right? Think it's she lot doesn't have a food truck. She, she's so is that the problem? It, it's just a food yeah, it's truck? It's a
2: food truck.
1: Not, it, it's, <laughs> the fu- food trucks are not insulated well. Food trucks are a metal box, right. um, and they get extremely cold. Like most days, it's colder in the truck than it is outside, and it's also hotter in the truck.
2: <laughs> and the door's always open. Yeah, yeah. It, the door is always okay.
1: open, and you, it's just—it's really difficult to to contain heat. <laughs> Got so it. I had, like try to solve this problem. I was like, "Oh my gosh, how can I move past this cold weather?" Well, I couldn't. Uh, I tried to think of literally everything, and um, I just found days that were warm enough to work, and was just like, "I'm just gonna have to toughen this out." So December came, and I was still looking for for options of what am I gonna do, and. Uh, Finally, the commissary kitchen that I parked the truck at, working food off uh, right behind afternoon across from Cypress and Grove by yep. Max, yep. they um, they just finished their second kitchen, which is fully built out. I mean, this it's it's a shiny new toy. And uh, they were like, well, why don't you move in there? And uh, so I've been slowly, we've had a lot of hiccups along the way, but I've been slowly trying to move in there. And that's, and that's still ongoing. And so, because it's warmed back up, I'm still working off the truck for now, but once, once things are fully ready, we'll 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 get moved in that kitchen, and eventually, hopefully, have our own production, dedicated production space just for Halo one day.
0: Okay, so, that's so spe- spe- specifically, yeah. yeah. gotta <laughs> learn how to talk <laughs> that, specifically yeah. for production only. It's not you're not going to yeah, be like, so, retelling them out of there. So this. Um, so one of the
1: concepts that I'd played around with, early on the business plan was was all about a, a brick and mortar kind of cafe, Starbucks-esque place. Well, one of the trends that I had noticed by writing that business plan was that pe- people aren't so much about going and sitting in a place anymore. It's actually transitioning to pickup and and um, Spaces that are doing well utilize ninety-five percent of their space and maybe have a five percent where they're able to pick up. And so I played around with this idea and eventually my goal would be to have a full-on production kitchen where we're making everything. And maybe it has a pickup window, but we still have a food truck, and that's the mobile storefront that we can send out and do events or go put it on Main Street or or 13th, and then eventually add on, pull behind trailers and send them to the villages or send them to Tioga. And uh, it's just so, it's so much more cost effective than leasing a bunch of storefronts. Um, Your overhead comes way, way, way down and your events become so much more valuable. Sending 500 donuts to go do a elementary school with two employees can be really, really profitable and can grow your business. And so that's kind of the angle that I'm taking. And I really haven't seen it done Anywhere else on the scale that I want to do it. On. Yeah,
2: I have a question, kind of about the mechanics. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would think you're on the food truck. Uh, one of the part of the appeal is you've got this fresh product, right? Yeah. You're making it on site. Yep. How does that change when you go to the production facility? I guess how do you do? You, uh, you'll just have a certain amount of each kind, or or do you still have people preparing specific flavors on site? So, um, previously we.
1: Um, we actually would make all the donuts, just like we did today, um, start at 3 a.m. and work until 7 a.m. and then get ready to go by and sell by 7.30. So we actually would roll up to a spot and open good up the awning and you're good to go, you're ready to sell. And The reason is because transporting hot oil <laughs> is yeah. so dangerous, so messy, like you just don't even wanna deal that with that. That's one of my questions, is have you gotten burned? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I've got so many scars. Yeah, I mean, it's—I've got peeling potatoes, cutting my hand. Yeah, I mean, it's—it's it's a tough, tough job. But yeah, and to answer your question, in the future, moving into a full-on production space would just be increasing employees, um, ramping volume. up the volume. Yeah. It's a volume game. Donuts are really, really, really cheap, so you've got to sell a
0: crap
1: ton of donuts
0: in order to cover all your expenses and get ahead. Yeah. Um. The one thing that I like that you do really, really well, and I understand that you do have a limited volume, but on your post, when you like post on Instagram or something mm-hmm. or Facebook, and you're like, this is going to be the location, this is where we're at, mm-hmm. you know, open, you put the open time, you're like, yeah. from this time until this time or sell out. Yeah. And I think that or sell out, I mean, it kind of creates a little bit of a sense yeah. of urgency of like, I better get there and get my donut. I'll tell
1: you I'll tell you something really interesting. So early on, um, obviously this is fall of last year, still me, doing everything. And I was, and you got no idea, these donuts take forever. Hand rolled, hand cut, hand glazed. I mean, there's no machinery involved in any of this. I mean, it's very labor intensive. Well, when I would go and I would sell out within 45 minutes of a couple hundred donuts, and uh, these people would be commenting and they'd be, they would comment on the post, where are you, we just missed you, like angry, like a mob. <laughs> and uh, they're like, we're never coming back or anything. <laughs> what was really, this is the most fascinating, one of the most fascinating things about this business so far, is the loyalty of my customers. So I didn't wanna go and comment back to some of these people that were posting and kind of like attacking me for selling out, but what's interesting is my customers actually stood up for me. And they're like, "Listen, in any other city, Austin, Texas, LA, this is how food trucks work. If you've got a good product, you can only make so much of it in a food truck and when you run out, you run out. Barbecues same way." It's yeah. it's in kind of like tough luck type of thing. And I and I'm like, "I wish I could make more."
0: But when these people were saying when up I got down me, to my last 25 donuts, they'd be $25 a piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> surge, surge pricing. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, like, we're yeah. down to the last 25, yeah. to 25 yeah, bucks a
1: piece. Like you got to fight it out in the parking lot <laughs> over there. Hunger, Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it, it's just it, as much as I wanted to produce more. Yeah, doing those posts till sellout created that buzz, but it was also kind of like a backlash, too. Um, but ultimately, I think it was more, it brought more value than it did anything. I mean,
0: Anytime you have haters, you're doing something right. Yeah, just know that. And she deleted that comment. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, that's just one thing that I've learned. Anytime you have somebody who is hating or naysaying, it's it's because they're jealous. Yeah, and or like they don't wanna put in the work. Like, all right, it, it's just, Susie, it, you gotta yeah. get up an hour earlier, you gotta come get your donuts. <laughs> I'm hey, sorry what? you
2: didn't get a donut
0: today. <laughs> yeah. It's just way easier to tear other people down yeah. than to you know build yourself up or build others up. Absolutely. So it's like, oh, let me tear you down to, to my you know? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. But, well, that's cool, man. Yeah. So what's been like the most fascinating thing in your opinion up to this point <sighs> about food truck life? Fascinating thing. Yeah, I got something really
1: cool. Um, So when I first launched, you know obviously you're uncertain. You don't know if anybody's even gonna come to this truck. You had just got this shiny new $75,000 toy. (laughs) You've got a loan payment every month. Like holy crap, is this thing gonna succeed? And for the first, I would say two to three weeks, I was rolling up on Main Street, and I was parking at the old uh, Hi-Fi discount store. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now South called. South Main? Yeah, yeah South yeah. Main, right before the roundabouts. The old red building?
2: Make work, yeah. yeah.
1: And um, you know, I was setting up there, and I would show up, and you know, within five to 10 minutes, i get my first customer, and then they start trickling in. Well, what was so fascinating is, like you said, when I put out that post, it's kind of, it's like the bat signal, but like the donut <laughs> signal. It's like <laughs> when you put out bat that signal. post, you're like, how long is it gonna take? Before the first customer. Well, eventually I had started to build up a loyal file, and these people knew that they needed to get there early. And so there was one day where I showed up, and there's lit- and the parking lot's full. There's at least 10, 12 cars there. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, like, make, make work's got some event going on this morning. And I hop out of the truck, I'm taking my time, I start to unlock the awning, and I hear all these car doors. I turn around. I'm like, "You guys here for the donuts?" They're like, "Yeah." Like, we're we're literally we need to take some to our work. And I uh, started selling out. And I was like, "Okay, you know, these people came once. Maybe they'll see them in a month. Next week, same thing was happening with these same people. And uh, that has been the most fascinating thing, just watching that. And I don't even think it's just about them coming to get a good donut." I think it's like the whole experience I'm providing because I know like all of their names, Mm -hmm. I know what order they want, and that's one of the one of the reasons why I created this is I wanted that old school kind of like donut shop feel without the donut shop. Like when you come here, like you're gonna have a conversation with me. I'm gonna know you, and that's why they keep coming back. So that's 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 really interesting. People want to belong. They're looking for something to connect. They it's community. They like
0: latch onto this thing. Um, I mean, isn't that what's always been so special about small business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, you're not getting that with Amazon, right? No, you know what I yeah. mean. So it's just like, yeah. just the just the ability to build a relationship with a business owner and could continuously, you know, have that experience. I mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's just the and, experience.
1: And I, and I got actually something else that's really really interesting. I was talking about this last night. I had um, went and got a beer with Meg from uh, First Magnitude or yeah. First Magnitude and. uh uh, funny, we went to Cypress and Grove and had it. <laughs>
0: but um, That's what, I love that too. I love that the you know even the beer joints like yeah you know, all like, the breweries combing. Yeah, and they I'm do. Like, Which man. side it's, are you
1: on? Like, it's, it's um, awesome. But we were sitting down and you know she had asked me that question too. She's like, so what? Is, what are the most interesting thing? And this this is fast. This is yeah, actually more fascinating. The pricing that I've that I've done throughout this business. So at first I started at a dollar. Because in my head, that's what I'd grown up with. 99 cent donuts, dollar donuts. Well, I wasn't even covering my cost. Like first month, I was losing so much money. Well, then I started realizing, oh crap, I need to raise the price. And so I went to a dollar 25 i I'm like, no, I'm not even. I mean, for how many I'm producing, my labor that's going into this, no way. I'm like breaking even. So then I had to raise it again, like $1.75. And I'm um, like, oh, this is gonna deter people away. No, kept selling out. Well then.
0: $25 a <laughs> <I don't>, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: well then, so I, I get to, I'm like, okay, I need to regroup and like, if I change it again, this is what it's gonna have to be. And so I changed it to $2. Again, people were still buy, coming and buying a dozen. And I'm like, no way. So then eventually I had to raise it to 225. And I'm like, okay, this is the threshold. Pfft, no, these people are still buying a dozen. But what's really interesting is so back in January I um, I didn't have a lot of money. I sold my iPad, the money that I made from it I decided I was going to go take a trip up to Portland, Maine and, and meet Lee Kellis in person. So. It was a Tuesday, I flew up there, and I was gonna come back on a Thursday, and uh, she didn't Well, even... this is when
0: you canceled on our show. This is exactly. We yeah. were gonna have you earlier, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, I'm going yeah. to Maine. Yeah, I got I'm this like... opportunity to meet a mentor. Donut pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. Right. Every,
1: every donut this shop thing. has yeah. to do it at least. <laughs> 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 and so, and so I, f- I flew up there, and I went to her uh, newest location. She's got three locations now, does $8 million in sales a year. Wow. And just oh, donuts and coffee. Wow. It's unbelievable. So I sat down with her, I met her, extremely nice, and I had a list of questions. And one of them was about pricing, because I had obviously experienced like value pricing, like when does it stop type of thing? Well, her she prices her donuts $256 plus tax each. And I asked her and I said, do you think that's too much? Like, and she goes, well, you know, when I first started out, I was like a dollar, but then I, <laughs> like same same as you were, but then I realized like I was not covering anything. Like this takes a lot of work. And she goes, Drew, you have to remember one thing. She goes, in America, everybody thinks that you've, when you get donuts, they gotta come in a dozen and they gotta be a dollar a piece. She goes, but that same person will go down to Starbucks or their local pastry shop and pay 3 dollars $4 for a muffin or a croissant. And uh, she's like, don't think of this so much as just a donut, but almost like a paste, like uh, like pastry bakery item. And she said, so when somebody comes in and they bulk at the price, well, they don't have to get a dozen. And, and if they still are balking at the price, well, you know that your product's good enough that the next guy's gonna come and get it. So you can send them to your Dunkin' down the street or the other guy over here on 13th and and uh, and send them on their way. And, and it's like, you either accept it or you don't. And you realize how much work goes into these, so don't feel bad for charging that much. And that's one of the biggest challenges that I've had to like overcome. It's like, I feel guilty sometimes. It's
2: but just, it's- It's a I, normal entrepreneurial, yeah. you know, is, is kind of adequately valuing your, your service. Cause yeah. it's not just, right. this is not a factory produced no you know item. I don't press a yeah. button
1: and
0: don't I don't drop out of the sky wish, but uh, I feel like this is common just as a human being like and, yeah. and I mean, I'm experiencing something similar and I'll explain, but you know with my new agency, it's we're really coaching people up on like personal branding and mm-hmm. stuff. And the one thing I keep saying or keep hearing from everybody is <laughs> nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like why? Why would anybody want to hear what I have to say? And they're yeah. not putting any value yeah. on themselves. Yeah. And the thing that I've experienced is like you have no idea. You know they're they're so afraid of they're they are they're afraid of the negative comment kind yeah. of guy kind of going back to the post. Like yeah. they're afraid of getting that negative feedback, or they're afraid of not having anybody listen. You know, and they're mm. and I'm just like you have no idea. I there's been so many times in my life where I'm like, why would anybody want to hear what I have to say? And yeah. then. Suddenly I find out like a lot of people actually care what yeah, I got have to thousands say. Of people and, and it's to and, and it's you, super yeah. interesting. And I think we as you know, businessmen and women don't put enough value on, on ourselves mm-hmm. and, and really even our experience. Yeah. You know, that's what people are paying for. They're not they're not just paying for, for just the donut. No. They're paying for the entire experience. Yeah. And we as entrepreneurs, I don't think, put enough value on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my two cents. <laughs> That's really sound. I mean, there's yeah.
2: a... <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> there's, a, there's a coach that I follow, and he talks about a concept of unique ability, right? Mm-hmm. That there is something specific that people choose to... The reason why they choose to patronize your truck or mm-hmm. your store, you know? And, and if you can understand what that is uh, and understand how that transcends your specific business, too, mm-hmm. then no matter what you do, you know, that, that unique ability, you know, carries mm-hmm. forward. So you you didn't just you know, grab a recipe offline and immediately you you spent a lot of time, you find it, you made connections, you did things, you did a lot of the work, um, that's made something that people really, you know, feel connected to, which is awesome.
1: And going forward, one of my, one of my goals is, and you know, that time off in December and January allowed me a lot of time to like regroup and reflect of like, okay, how what is what is this business gonna look like going forward? What are my values gonna be? What what are things that I'm gonna focus on? And you know, Gainesville's a really, really unique place. And it's just such a mix of culture, such a mix of, I kinda say it's, you know that place called the, the Repurpose Project next mm-hmm, to Satchels? Mm-hmm. Gainesville is basically the Repurpose Project city. It's like just a hodgepodge of just everything. And so, offering really wacky unique branding with a unique product but also focusing back on the community and in using I'm using locally sourced ingredients I'm um, trying to give people a second chance that um, you know maybe wouldn't be hired by other people so yeah and I think it, it goes back to the whole it, it completes the circle of that value added because it, it It's adding value if they realize where this product
0: is coming from Mm -hmm. and it's supporting their own community. Yeah. yeah. So what's been the most valuable lesson that you've learned since starting?
1: (laughs) What can go wrong will go wrong (laughs) times like 100. Like, (laughs) there was one night where I was on the truck and we had a huge event for the Rotary Club of Gainesville. Uh, it was a Friday night and Saturday morning. We were supposed to be there at 7 a.m. And this was, the, this was right after I got the truck and I had never had to like fill propane before on the truck. And I, uh, I was running the fryer like trying to get everything ready and the propane shut off on me. And it was like nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh crap, yes. where do I take this? Will they come to me to fill up these tanks? Well, right at that time. Lightning started coming down, torrential downpour. It's me and my girlfriend on the truck working. And I mean, it is a, just a disaster. Um, and I'm calling around trying to figure out how am I gonna fill this propane up? <laughs> and tractor supplies like, yeah, we're open, but because there was a lightning strike within five miles, you can't, um, you can't get your propane filled. And so it was at that night where I was, I was like, stayed up all night until the rain ended and tractor supply didn't open until 8 a.m. after the event. And I, I had a I had to call it and cancel it, and uh, it was that was like the first true test. That was like, oh my gosh, like this is horrible. You've got like five hundred children that want your donuts, and <laughs> they're all commenting, like, so excited for you to show, like, come and show up to the event today. And and well, I wasn't <laughs> able to show. You ever watch oh, The man. Office?
2: Yeah, it's like Scott's Tots. Yeah, you know? it's <laughs> Scott's the... the most painful episode of The
0: Office. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's and that's just like one example. I mean there is, when I tell you a food truck business is difficult and there is some just crazy, wacky things that happen, that is like, that's not even like scratching the surface of everything you gotta deal with. (laughs) Yeah, I mean I, I could literally sit here for like three hours and tell you everything crazy, but.
2: Yeah, I have kind of a technical well, question. Yeah. Uh, or how do you how do you decide your hours and, and your availability? Um, is there have you kind of struck a, a, a formula yeah, I'm that like, works? Am or? I tired today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean that is kind of one of the nice things about the model. I guess you have a lot of flexibility. Um, but is, do you do you try to have a certain number of days a week you hit or something like that?
1: Well, okay. So the, for the first couple months, I because um, it was just me you know, I was like I said, I was riding that high, I was like, I'm just gonna crank and go, go, go. Like six days a week, refresh on the seventh and and just go again the next week. And I was able to do that for two or three weeks and then I just hit this wall. And that's when I started like, okay, I need to dial this back a little bit and maybe do four days a week. And I would say, okay, what? I would look at my sales, what were my busiest days? And I'd say Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then use the other days to regroup and get cleaned up and, and ready to go again. And um, eventually, it became weather dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, once the cold mm-hmm. weather hit, um, but yeah, there's no real like formula so what to is, it.
0: So what does that mean for you? Like, when, I mean, I, I know that you're doing the production facility soon. That's going to help, mm-hmm. right? You, you haven't done that yet. No. Okay. Currently So, going so that's all going. That. That's going to help. Um, but I mean like uh, did you just close for three months
1: (laughs) it was so there's there's a lot of stuff that um that's just what the public sees but there's also uh, i can't really talk much about it but there's there's been some partner conflict some investor conflict and that has kind of that kind of stalled some things uh for a while and that's that's ongoing i'm trying to trying to work through all that stuff. Um,
0: That's a part of business, man,
1: Yeah, it happens. So there's all these different components to it, like there's that piece, there's moving in the production space, but it's also, okay, I've gotta hire people because it's obvious I've got a volume issue and I've got a labor issue, and I don't wanna kill myself working 20 hours a day anymore. And so it's just trying to like juggle how, how am I going to you know, align all these things to get open again and get open on a consistent basis. Because that has been, one of the most challenging things is like, when a food truck business, how are your customers gonna be able to find you? Where are they gonna find you? When are they gonna find you? And when you're closed on certain days and you're getting calls and, and comments on your social media posts about, hey, where are you today? That can really deter someone from coming back. Um, so it's just it's just been,
0: when you do Again, the production facility mm-hmm. i mean is there are you looking at opportunities to possibly get into some of the local Like coffee places where you where so that when somebody does send that message, you can be like, oh, well, you can pick one up at Wyatt's Coffee. Or exactly, yeah,
1: Wyatt's. We had done we had done like a trial wholesale partnership. It went really well, but again, it went back to the volume issue. I just could not keep up with. I realized the reason why you do wholesale at this point in a business is either because you want exposure or you want to increase your sales. And I realized I didn't have an exposure problem. Um, The demand was there. And so I need to pull back the wholesale partnership and kind of, again, regroup because this is just like crazy. But going forward, um, I would love to do wholesale partnership with Wyatt's again. There's a place called Chelsea Coffee in Ocala that wants me um, on a daily basis. I wanna talk to Lucky's, um, I wanna talk to Whole Foods, um, uh, even um, the burger place. um, The new one? No, the uh, one in Midtown, Relish. Okay. Relish once contacted me and wants my donuts at on a a burger display case. Like a
2: donut burger, maybe? Uh, I don't that. know. That's I'm dang, like, that yeah. sounds
1: like a heart attack. But, uh, yeah, they had even contacted me about putting donuts in their location in Midtown for after the bar because I mm. can't get a location there. It's like the mafia and they don't want anyone else taking away their customers, but they can sell it for me. And so. That's definitely something I wanna do in the future. I think that there's just so, so many opportunities and this is way bigger than I even thought. And I,
0: like I said, I had to regroup and figure about. And do you think do like the production facility will help with a lot, accomplishing a lot of Absolutely. that?
1: Absolutely, I think because it's gonna be shared, it's gonna be balancing hours because you've, you're competing against all the other entrepreneurs in there. I mean, we've got Brio Coffee, who's in town. Um, there's another
0: bakery that's constantly in there. And they're just Well, have you even looked at opportunities to sell like Brio off the truck as some you know, coffees and donuts go yeah. together? I yeah. mean, is that something that's
1: Yeah, that's that's a partnership we wanna do in the future. Okay. Um because, you know, we've got these really high quality donuts and we wanna pair it with something extremely high quality like Brio coffee. But yeah, it's gonna be a challenge balancing. Sharing that kitchen, but eventually, I would love to have my own production space that was like didn't have to share with anybody, could get deliveries, could do whatever I wanted, twenty-four hours a day. Um, hopefully, this year. Yeah, we'll see.
0: All right. So, yeah. is that like is that the goal? I mean, what do, when you look at twenty nineteen. What are you looking at in terms of goals? You're like, by the end of this, are, like, are you sitting down and being like, by the end of, by December 31st, 2019, I want to sell 10 million donuts. I like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like what, like what is it? What does what goal setting so, look like for
1: you? So for the for the next three months, I would love to to get into um, working food kitchen. Um, I would love to hire four people, split them up between production, labor, selling. Uh, by summer, I would love to hire on two to three more additional people as well as get a pull-behind trailer, um, another food truck ready to go send out to the football games that are gonna happen in the fall, um, and continue the, the, the current food truck and go set it up at places. And is that because
0: you were running out so fast? or Yeah. yeah and you're like, I yeah. can sell more
1: donuts. Oh, I, <laughs> I was driving down 13th yesterday and uh, what's this blows my mind every time is you see all these students walking across the street, hundreds of them, and I'm like, these people don't even know that I exist. Like, I have literally not even scr- scratched the surface. Like, .01% of Gainesville maybe knows about this.
0: Because you haven't even done any marketing. No, everything's have, been completely organic. It's just your social yeah. media, it's the blog by Kenny's Gainesville. I mean, Yo, and
1: for two months, I didn't even throw up a, a single post, and the followers jumped by 100. I'm like, huh? Like this is, it's just, I don't know, it's just insane. And so, yeah, attacking that, that market, that student market. I
0: mean, uh, the truck is probably your biggest advertiser itself, like driving huge. around, it's it's got a cool paint I tell job. people
1: I don't think it would've been this popular if I would've went storefront in the beginning. There's something weird and wacky about Gainesville that having a really unique blue food truck with a bunch of donuts on it and calling it Halo Potato Donuts, just like, You cannot forget that type of thing.
2: Yeah, it lends itself really well to the food truck experience too, which I think some kinds of tacos. You know, there's some things, you know, weird and wacky, and yeah, and
1: and that's why I want to continue it in the future is branching out more into food trucks because I think, I, I really do think I could replicate this all throughout Florida all throughout the South, and then eventually I would love to to franchise it out. There, there's a really interesting model, it's this, um, if you get a chance, it's called Cousins Maine Lobster, yeah. and they were on Shark Tank, and uh, there was these two guys that launched, they are from Maine, launched a lobster truck in California, within two months they ended up on Shark Tank, Barbara Corcoran invested, and now they've got, they do like 35 million in sales a year with like 20 trucks.
0: Have you met the one that's, I think, they're are they in Ocala? From, um, from There's one that I've There's met. one, yeah, nearby. And the guy is su- yeah. the guy's super nice, yeah. and I was asking him about it. and But they got the, the brothers they ended up getting that deal on Shark. Yeah, they got the deal, yeah. and that model
1: is just so fascinating to cool. me. Yeah. Because it just proves that there is, you can,
0: you, and it's, you can build that and model. And it's kinda trendy right now. Like the food it truck is. thing is kinda trendy. It's yeah. super unique. I love the, I love the, Community that's built around it, mm-hmm. like when they do these food truck events, and yeah. it's like it's like I mean, technically they're all food trucks, aren't they? Competitors, but at the same time they all go to the same spot. Yeah. And, like, one, and, and it's one really, and not. It's really it's, it, to me, it's more of like the it's the 2019, um, you know, when you go to the mall like the the
2: food court, if you yeah. will, like yeah. that's what it is. That's it's exactly. Like,
0: my kids are gonna go there. I'm gonna go here. Wife's gonna go there. You know, and well, yes. it's like right
2: now. You know, I've got there's five people in my household. And there are times when you want to watch five different shows. Right, you can't. You know, it's not <laughs> a yeah. ideal. You like, can't bounce around. Right, and right. But it, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. I want tacos. My wife wants a salad. You know, yeah. kids and, and, all kids would only eat donuts. And going going, going yeah.
1: back to my uh, my goals for this year. So one of the goals is I want to start a Gainesville Food Truck Association. Um, you know, they're pretty prevalent every, in every other big city that's got a lot of food trucks. But we don't really have a good representation or leader for food trucks. And so, like you said, it's kind of like you're competing, but not really at the same time. Like there's no, what I've noticed is there's not really like, there's just not good organization. So
0: what does that do? So, like what would that association be responsible uh, for?
1: It would be responsible with communicating to the city because I think that they need to ease up on some of their, some of their rules and guidelines. I mean, it is, they've made it a little bit easier in the past couple of years, but it's still, where you can park, when you can park there. Is it private property? You, Is that because you have to get a permit
0: for each place or for like each place? Yeah. And how long does that take?
1: Um, if you wanted
0: to park, usually
1: it takes about a week to get the application sent in and then you get it back. So you've got to be like on top of your game. If somebody calls you, calls in and says, Hey, we need you for this event, you better you better know a week in advance so you can go get that application sent in.
0: And do you have to pay for each one or is it like an annual pass? Um, no, so it's actually, there's no, um,
1: so uh, once you're registered in the city of Gainesville um, for your food truck permit, it's just a blanket and Okay. you can, any additional permit, but it does take time. Um, and there's lots of restrictions on it. So yeah, that's one of the goals. Another goal would be- Well if you be, could improve
0: it, like how would you improve it?
1: Um, I would want programs. to work, yeah, I'd speed up the process. I'd also uh, digitize it by speeding up, like speeding up the process, that all ties together, but also open up downtown. Is it a paper or, form right now? It's a paper form, yeah. Why, just because you can't park a food truck yeah, downtown? You can't, you can't park it downtown. Is and, that just because they don't have the space? or like... Yeah, there's space, and, and they, you know there's so many different places. Uh, Wyatt's is down there, uh, Steamers is down there, and they don't want you to take away from their business, but I'm like, how, if somebody wants to go to a food truck, they're gonna go for that food truck. Like they're gonna seek you out if they know where you are. And so, yeah, there's competition, but at the end of the day, if they want your food, they're gonna go get your food. Um, And so I think that I'd work on that. And then the other thing is, I think that Gainesville needs to build a dedicated food truck park like you have in Austin needs, and
2: places like that. that yeah. That
1: needs to happen. A place where you can leave your truck permanently, a place that maybe has, you know, uh, an entire production space that's it, it could be shared or you could just park it there. But Have
0: you talked to Kelly from Big Island Bulls? uh uh-uh. uh Okay. Like they have a food they have a food truck yeah. and they're like from St. Augustine. Like that's like they have a a restaurant like here yeah. in Gainesville, yeah. but their primary location is in St. Augustine gotcha. and they just did all that. Really, like I could totally connect you with her. her. She's—I think she would be a great person to mm-hmm. talk to about that because, like, they literally just went through that entire thing trying to create yeah. a a food truck park, yeah, in St. Augustine, and they got it done, yeah. So um, I think she'd be a perfect.
1: And and another um, thing I want to accomplish with this is uh, because it's a food truck when you co do these events, you've gotta pay event fees and stuff. And sometimes they can be just astronomical. And depending on what your food item is, like donuts, I have to sell a lot more than cilantro does. Like cilantro's uh, average ticket, let's just say it's 10 bucks, mine is three or four bucks. And when you're paying the same event price, that can be, I mean, that's, that's killing me. I mean, you're taking 25% of the cut, while the other guy, you're taking 10% from him. And so that's one of the, one of the things that I want to go after too and and
0: try and fix that whole system, yeah. So what would you need, you just need to get all the other food
2: trucks involved? Yeah, get it it
1: involved, uh, just get in contact with everyone and say like who's
2: doing this event, just yeah. get all these artistically minded yeah. you know, entrepreneurs yeah. to agree on yeah. a single <laughs> yeah. direction and focus. Yeah. yeah just easy. really really yeah. easy.
0: I don't have a food truck, but I'll help you do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just can, I just think we can it figure needs it, to be. it out. Yeah. yeah, we need like affiliate memberships to yeah. give us a little little discount yeah. on. If the, you ever uh, want to open up the uh,
0: do you own the place next door?
2: Yeah. You should just turn that into
1: a food
0: truck park. Hey, you
1: think? Just not. Oh, it over
0: oh, what? And, ne- uh, not next door. Not the Earth Origins building. Is that what you are talking about? Yeah. I'm like, whoever no, if no, no. Wants That needs to bulldoze it and turn it into a food truck park
1: right here on 13. <laughs> hey, awesome.
0: I know who does. I can connect you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let me sit down with them over some donuts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good way to start a conversation. Yeah, just to walk of with donuts. The table. <laughs> hey, yeah. bloody like, let me talk to you about something. Bring those donuts. Well, Joe, you have any last-minute questions, man, before no, we wrap this, this up? No, this has been
2: uh, illuminating. Yeah, I, uh, it's I don't fascinating. know anything about the restaurant business, so uh, yeah. I know a little more now.
0: <laughs> it's super interesting, and I'm glad that we did wait a few months, because yeah. we wouldn't know about the challenges with the cold weather, Ooh, or the man. stuff that's been going on. I mean, that stuff's interesting to me. Yeah. Even hearing like some of the city stuff is interesting to me, yeah. because obviously as a as a huge uh, you know responsibility that we feel with the podcast is really to kind of bring some of these things to light, yeah. and to just let, let the city know 'cause it's like I'm I'm and I know Joe is too like we're just so invested into the future. And, and I gotta I gotta community. add
1: something too. Um this is completely random from what we've been talking about, but there was a podcast that you did, I forget her name, but she was talking a lot about mental health. It's Kristen. Mm-hmm. Kristen Kristen Kazelski. Kristen so I watched that full episode and um you know throughout this entire process I'm, I'm an extremely positive person and you probably know that I've net like don't have all these demons and stuff going on inside my head. Well when I watched that episode, I, I like, did a real self-reflection and uh, I actually ended up from that episode getting, um, started seeing a psychiatrist, started getting on a uh, prescription. And from that moment, my energy level, my positivity, I mean, just like she said when she, when she got prescribed medication for it, it's not like your depression completely goes away, but it, it just it just changes your it's entire. Like a window open, like. Yeah.
0: So was when there you something say, that led to that moment for you? Like what? Like what got you to that so place? Though
1: obviously, um, I think that I've like dealt with um, depression my like entire life. To be honest with you, I just. Okay. I, but I'm like I said, I'm such a positive person that I kind of mask it. And when I started the business and I was riding all these highs for a while, when you start to hit these oh, well. walls and the lows of entrepreneurship you kind of like, oh my gosh, how am I really feeling self-reflection? It was so weird, because right at that time, that episode came out, and she said, you know, she was just talking all about mental health and how like she, for the longest time, had a hard time going and seeking help. Well, from that episode, and thank God, because your podcast has actually brought things to light like that and talk about it, I went and got help, and I've literally never been better. Like, I'm excited to go and do work all day now like before where she talked about you know like wanting to sleep all day that was me like that i did not want to get out of bed i was dreading and going back to how do you pick and choose your schedule there were certain days where i was like i'm just not feeling this today like i would rather just stay inside not talk to anybody but yeah i just want to thank thank you i want to thank her for talking. I mean literally yeah. an hour on mental health when I'm going through all that stuff and like really really tough time of the business. I think that was the best, the best
2: episode you've done. Really? Oh yeah. 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 I mean and I I don't have amazing any depression issues, but I I have family members who have yeah. and I thought it was really illuminating. Yeah.
0: Well, I can tell you this, just hearing that kind of feedback yeah gives me more purpose to continue to do this. Oh heck yeah. Um it's incredible how it's i'm in a place where i don't need a lot of motivation
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah <laughs> i'm like i'm amped i was yeah. like, started my day at 4:30 o'clock you know 4:30 a.m. this morning and i'm go 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 all day and i am also a super high energy person my uh,
1: my mom's in town right now from ohio she's visiting and she just wanted to help out for the business for the past couple of weeks and uh, she was like good luck at your podcast today um <laughs> How is that, calling Guys, he like <laughs> high energy, and I'm like, he's like the Duracell bunny. I'm like, he just goes <laughs> the, and I
0: like how you mix goes. two brands there. Oh yeah, now, is it Duracell? Is it's it an Energizer? Energizer, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. Nah, yeah, I've been to a Radio Shack. Uh, and, they uh, need to work on their
2: branding. <laughs>
0: no, I mean it's. You're like Ronald
2: McBurger yeah. King. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a. Uh, it definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could say like the one thing that, I, like I said, I don't need a lot of motivation, but it feels good when I get a Facebook message or a LinkedIn message or just hearing something mm-hmm. like that. Like that's all I need. And if if something like that has happened, whether you made a new connection with somebody in the mm-hmm. community, or your life has been changed because of a particular episode, yeah. I would just love to know. Yeah. I mean, if you just drop me. A I mean, email I've I've heard or, that
1: people have moved back to. Is that true? It People true. have literally moved back to Gainesville from this episode.
0: I don't know if they have done it yet, but yeah. we've had messages saying because of your podcast, That's crazy. we're coming back. Yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. It's really inspiring. I definitely, uh, and, you know, the fun thing is like, we haven't, again, we've talked about monetizing, we haven't asked for money yet but this is expensive yeah. and and we're going to have to figure out a way to like really um you know c- continue this mm-hmm. stream that I have of using this to really build up this community yeah. um but but for now that will do like yeah. that will just yeah. that that will help me um just keep me motivated yeah. to get a- another step further yeah. so thank you for sharing yeah. that yeah, that's absolutely. really cool yeah I'm glad, i just felt like i had to
1: put it out there cuz i'm like again going back to v- adding value this podcast has added so much value literally in my life. And not even that, but like, those 20 hour days I was working on the truck, guess what I had on in the background. (laughs) I would crank up the speaker, get the fryer going, like at 3 a.m. in the morning, and I'd either put on um, How I Built This from Guy Raz, or your podcast, and it's just like, and literally I'd be like cranking away at donuts listening to the Krispy Kreme episode. I'm like, this is so, just, I don't know, just so ironic. the whole thing. So yeah, you've it's really cool we should. Awesome doing. man. Well, thank you yeah. so
0: much. I mean, I appreciate you being on the show, mm-hmm. telling your story, um, and for letting me put you off until this but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Until this point cuz well, it was thanks definitely for me Yeah, involved, yeah, man. No, was awesome and I'm glad that the uh, the episode that we had you scheduled for that you canceled, yeah, uh, turned it, out to be turned really out to be a really, really, really good reason. Track. I was like, I was like, what? He's canceling being <laughs> on my show? Are you sick <laughs> I'm Just kidding. Um, but no, that was a really, really good reason. And it sounds like that was a perfect mentor. I'm always talking about having, you know, solid mentors yeah. in your life, and and then again having junior achievement and how what you guys are doing to mentoring a lot of these students. Yeah, and is I want to get involved. Too. If you need, if you Adjusted. need that hourly, yeah.
1: if you need the one hour a week volunteer. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. I so will bring in donuts and Oh, man. Stuff. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's, a, in elementary school, one of the programs uh, is specifically like a donut shop that the kids really? have. Really? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's cool. They, they always remember that one. I think that's like third grade or something. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well, well I so really sure, appreciate it. not
2: artisanal potato donuts, but Yeah. It'll start okay. It'll <laughs> <level. Yeah. laughs>
0: Well, real quick, because I know that this is where people do find you. Mm-hmm. What are your social media handles, yeah. that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so um, Instagram is probably the most, I post most often. It's at Halo Potato Donuts, and that's D-O-N-U-T-S. Same thing for Facebook, and then the website is com. Yeah, cool. and I normally keep everyone up to date on hours and stuff like that so where you
0: can find us awesome yeah. well thank you both so much for being here <laughs> thanks for having and us and it was yeah. a real pleasure and Gaines well this is the whoa gnv podcast the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa, whoa. we will see you later bye